Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Credible Nerds podcast with Mark and Justin. This is the podcast you're looking for. Don't go about your business. Stay here. Well, go about your business and listen. And then you can move along. Move along. And may the force be with you. Random Inks Productions and the Credible Nerds present 15 Arguments as to Why Star Wars The Phantom Menace is a Great Star Wars Movie. Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. We have a special series here for you. Arguments as to Why The Phantom Menace is a Great Star Wars Movie. I'm your host, Justin, and as always, I have my fellow Jedi with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? And this is a new series that we're starting up where we talk about each of the individual Star Wars movies, each of the episodes, one through eight up to this point. And we'll talk about different reasons and different arguments as to why the credible nerds believe that this individual Star Wars movie, in this case, The Phantom Menace, is a great Star Wars movie. And for this film, we have 15 arguments as to why The Phantom Menace is a good Star Wars movie. So The Phantom Menace came out in 1999. And incidentally, it is the fourth Star Wars film that was been, that's been released. The first, obviously, was 1977. But we're going to start with episode one and then move up chronologically through, through the saga. We'll also include Rogue One and Solo in the mix and eventually get to episode eight. Probably about the time that episode nine comes out. So we'll do another series for that to wrap up the, the whole the whole thing. So the, the film came out in 1999, like I said. And it was one of the most anticipated films in history, in movie history. Uh, you were in the mix of that, right, Mark? You were had your tickets and you were getting ready to go see this film, as was I. So what was your experience in getting ready and getting prepared to see episode one back in 1999? I was... Geez, maybe 16 at the time, maybe 15, um, to go see it. And I remember I did school for like four days and um, <laughs> slept outside uh, Cinema 6 in St. George, Utah, which <laughs> was like the biggest and best theater in, in St. George at the time, which was horrible. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> this is a time right before online ticket sales was the thing. And so you had to stand in line for your tickets. And so I'm there for so many days. And finally, I get tickets. And they only let you buy 12. And of course, I bought 12 and then sold the other 10 for like 20 bucks a piece or something. Because I think at the time, they were like $4. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so th- then the worst part is so you got your tickets. And then the movie comes out at midnight. And then you had to get in another line to get in the theater, right? Because there's not assigned seating. It's, it's still first come, first serve. And I waited, and there's tons of people. I mean, it was just madness. And, you know, back then in Cinema 6, they just had no idea how to control it. I think there were seven, six theaters in there, and all six were showing it. And so it was just jam-packed to the brim. And I got some good seats, and I, I got – the second ticket. So I kept myself one and my dad one. And so he came and I, I called him, Hey dad, I got tickets to this movie. It's for the midnight movie. And I didn't tell him I ditched school for four days. 
And he showed up and I was so tired from waiting outside. I fell asleep halfway through the movie. <laughs> so then you didn't even see it. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even see it. I went and saw it again, I think a few days later, a week later or something and saw it again. But I just remember like it was such a buildup. I was so excited. And then I just fell asleep and not because it just, it wasn't good. It was just, I was so tired. Right. I mean, yeah. Four days outside, you're just not getting sleep anyways. Yeah, and it's midnight, lights are off. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was a bit brutal, but it, I remember it was just so much fun, and everyone was so excited, and, I, you know, I remember some of the first scenes uh, that come through, and it was just so amazing, right, than the other Star Wars films, you know, and it had been quite a few years since the last one. I mean, what, what, what had it been, like 20 years, like 18 years? Uh, like so... Return of the Jedi came out in 83, so then 99, that's what, 16 years? Yeah, 16. Yeah, so 83, right? That's the year I was born. So it was, you know, I had never seen one in the theater. So for me, it was, I was just so excited for it. And uh, once I saw the whole thing a few days later, it was great. I, I really did enjoy it. Yeah. And my experience was a little different. I mean, the anticipation was there. You know, definitely, you know, we, there's been a lot of hype. There was all types of merchandise and promotions everywhere. Um, and I was in Salt Lake City, Utah at the time, and every theater was showing it nonstop starting at, you know, I guess it was midnight on, on Thursday, Thursday night or Thursday morning. So tons of theaters were showing it. And I was working at the time, so I couldn't get off work to you know go stand in line and wait so i had to just i went down to the theater on friday morning tickets were sold out it's like dang when am i gonna get to see this movie went down saturday morning same thing but for some reason me and my girlfriend that i was dating who ended up being my wife uh, and my best friend and his wife or his fiance we went we were out on a date and I was like, Hey, let's go swing by the movie theaters and, and see it was one that is kind of far away from our house. So I didn't go check that one, but went by and they had tickets for like an 11 o'clock showing or something. So pretty late. So we, we got four tickets. Theater was packed. We're way up in the, in the back, but I was able to watch it and enjoyed it. It was, it was a good film. Was, I was super excited. Glad that star Wars was back. My initial reaction was I loved it. I wanted to go back and see it and, Eventually I did probably a couple of days later, the next week saw it five times in the theaters over the next couple months. So definitely I was, I was in, in star Wars at that time. I was, I was bought in, but as time went on, we both know that a lot of people soured on it. They didn't really like certain characters, mainly Jar Jar Binks. And they thought that, you know, Anakin little nine-year-old Jake Lloyd or how old he was, was, wasn't a good actor and things like that. So as time went on, uh, people started to make fun of it and bash on it. And this was about the same time that, you know, the internet started getting up and people were on message boards and on websites with, you know, different communities. And they, a lot, it started getting a lot of hate and some people didn't like it apparently. So, so over the, over the years, it's gotten a lot of pushback and a lot of critics, but I think, we were at Star Wars Celebration uh, in April and they had a 20th anniversary panel on 
Star Wars Episode One, and the media, you know, there's been certain magazines and writers that have written about, hey, it's been 20 years, you know, it wasn't that bad. And I think a lot of people have kind of just grown to like it a little bit more. So at least that's been my view of things. So now that we're 20 years into it, Mark, what do you think of The Phantom Menace? Have you seen it recently? And what do you think? You know, I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I want to. I don't own any of it. I, well, that's not true. I own Revenge of the Sith because it was freaking awesome. Uh, I want to own the rest, but they never go on sale and they're super expensive. And my wife, if she has to choose between that and something else, we get the something else. I, you know, she's just not a big into the Star Wars stuff. But uh, so I haven't seen it recently, but, you know, I've seen it, I mean, in the last few years. And, you know, it's just for me, I think it was like a step into modern modernizing the the film of Star Wars, right? I mean, because we saw in the early 80s and late 70s uh, Star Wars, and it was just so, it was so good, right? I remember what, growing up in the 80s and just loving this show. My brothers used to watch it all the time. Early 90s, I remember watching them all the time, and I just loved it. And then this one came out, and it was just so crazy, like, magical, like, oh my gosh, like, the Jedi can do that. That's amazing. You know, and uh, just to see the worlds and the sights and, you know, it's just one of those iconic movies, you know, like when you think of like Jurassic park or transformers or, you know, any of those movies that really kind of define a step in technology or a step in, you know, cinematography. I, I think for me, that's was one of the best parts about this film is that it really opened the door to what what can be done with the jedi and star wars in general yeah yeah definitely so due to the panel at the 20th anniversary and wanted to talk about some of the good things about a phantom menace it's been 20 years and how well has it aged and compared to modern movies you know is it still good is it as far as the effects and the acting and you know the execution of everything so we'll get into that over the next few episodes, but we'll start off this episode with the Jedi. That'll be our first topic of discussion. And it, we're in a tricky spot because, like I said earlier, this is episode one, but in reality, it's the fourth Star Wars movie that was released. And so we've been exposed to Jedi and the concept of some of these things that we saw in episode one. But at the same time, you know, if you were to start with this movie for the first Star Wars film that you saw, then these would be brand new concepts. So We'll address it from both angles, you know, as far as, hey, this is the first movie in the saga. What does it mean for the saga? As well as, hey, this is also a continuation of things we've seen for the last previous previous 16 years to this film. So, for example, the Jedi. We, we saw Obi-Wan Kenobi in episode four. He was one of the last Jedi, and he didn't really do much as far as uh, with his lightsaber. He fought Darth Vader at the end, but that was pretty slow and methodical and compared to the fights we see in episode one um you're (laughs) kind of left wanting right but as far as if this was the first star wars movie that you that you saw you're you're also introduced to the jedi pretty well Uh, they give a lot more backstory i mean the first thing first scene is the jedi are flying in in their star cruiser to go do some negotiations for a a blockade that's been set up and so the jedi go to kind of keep the peace. They're, they're labeled keepers of the peace at this point. Initially, back in the day, we thought that the Jedi were more warriors, but yeah, here we, 
one of the first thing we see is that Jedi are peacekeepers. So we were kind of led to believe that they're actually not warriors, but then as the, as the film goes on, you know, they spend a lot of time using their lightsabers, which is contradictory to being keepers of the peace, but uh, it it's sure is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the, the Jedi's were awesome because all we ever saw were just the two, right? You don't really get to see the Jedi. And then the show starts and you realize, man, there are a lot of Jedi. Like, you know, you got the council, you've got, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn, you've got Obi-Wan Kenobi as an apprentice. And, and uh, it's just really neat to see them and see some of the things they can do, you know, like the force speed when they run away and uh, the fight with um, Darth Maul and, and things like that. And so it's just neat, you know, just really fun to see them. And then, uh, you know, like you said, you know, you have these Jedi and they're supposed to be keepers of the peace and they're not. And I think you kind of, you know, can understand why Dooku, you know, ends up leaving in, in the Clone Wars and, you know, or I guess he leaves, he leaves in this movie, right? But you don't really see it. Yeah, it's the uh, the events of this film eventually lead to him leaving. Yeah, and uh, you know even Qui Gon, you know, I, you know I've heard that some of the stories kind of talk about his hesitance with you know the whole war and things like that and how the Jedi are are moving and and so it's just it's just cool. And then you know I've also read too in some of the the side books that there, at this time there was ten thousand Jedi in the galaxy. Right. And that's just just blows my mind because you never knew there were so many uh, just because all you've ever seen were four or five. Yeah. So we get this huge introduction to the Jedi, kind of what their their daily lives are like, what their roles are. You know, there's a council. We're introduced to that, like you mentioned. And Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go report to the council once they're done with their mission. They say, hey didn't really work out and we encountered this this enemy we think he's a sith so then we're introduced to the sith but we'll get into that in a different episode but they go and report their um their mission to this council and they say hey we found this boy we think he's the a virgin in the force and they bring him in to be tested so we see a little bit of the jedi trials at least part of it anyway maybe the initial stages qui-gon says to the council that Obi-Wan's ready for the Jedi trials. So we get this concept of the Jedi trials, but yet we never really see him, which was unfortunate. I think a lot of people were wanting to see that. But um, yeah, so we're, we see where they live in the Jedi temple. Um, they go visit the, the Senate. So they're kind of involved in the per- periphery of politics and they have a, a big role in, in the galaxy. And so they're not just these hermits living on Tatooine or Dagobah, like we see with Obi-Wan and Yoda. They're, they're big players in, in this galaxy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the things I thought was cool were the different colors of the lightsabers, mm-hmm. right? Because then you had uh, Qui-Gon Jinn with green and, <clears throat> you know, and then for, you know, we see Mace Windu's another time, you know, it's purple and then there's blue, uh, all sorts of stuff. And, and that was pretty neat. And I know that people have kind of come out uh, and tried to define what the colors mean. I know the game Star Wars The Old Republic tried to define what they meant. But from my understanding, they don't actually mean anything. It's more of a personal thing. Is that right? Yeah, it kind of, you're, if you're a, 
if you have a blue lightsaber, you're a Jedi guardian, you know, so you play a different, a certain role or you have certain duties based on the color of your lightsaber or the lightsaber you choose is reveals what kind of role you're going to have as a Jedi or something like that. They never really totally explained what that meant outside of the, the, the video games and things, but in the movies, they never really got into that or any of the official novels, but yeah, they tried to define what that meant. And I thought, yeah, I mean, cause if there's a blue and a green and a purple and a red, what are the, what do those mean? You know, what's, what's the deal? So I, I would be up for some more explanations on that, but we didn't get it in this film anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Jedi, we, we see them, we're introduced to them. They play a role throughout all the films. I mean, episode eight is called the last Jedi. So definitely one through eight, you know, 40 years of, of filmmaking. We, we see the Jedi and, kind of get that fleshed out a little bit so is there anything with the jedi mark that you wished you would have seen or wished they would have defined a little better maybe outside of the the color of the lightsaber what it means but as far as the actual jedi themselves was there something you were left wanting more i you know i wish (laughs) they would have always said who was the most powerful jedi (laughs) right well i mean was he well yeah the most midichlorians what about what about uh, Mace Windu, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mace Windu defeated Palpatine, you know, one on one, you know, pr- you know, not easily, but handedly, you know. Yeah. And uh, Yoda didn't. Right. Right. And I mean, I, I I don't know. It never really showed Mace Windu doing much with the Force outside of the Clone Wars, and you know, you saw some cool stuff there, but you know, we didn't really get to see it in the movies. And so, and then what about the rest of the Jedi Council? I mean, you've got some, some awesome players, right, on the Jedi Council that uh, uh, were quite powerful. Like, what's his name? Uh, Ki Adi Mundi? Yeah. It? Yeah. And, you know, he was supposedly super powerful. Kit Fisto, super powerful. And, you know, I was, uh, you know, I always want, kind of want to know, you know, who, who was the best, right? Who was, who were, who was El, the, the number one? And, you know, I, cause I think the default goes to, to Yoda all the time. And why I think Yoda was a great Jedi and stuff. You got to remember, he's like 950 years old at this time. Yeah. Yeah. They should, they should have a, like a duel every year with training lightsabers or something and see who's the most powerful Jedi every year. I think that'd be a pretty cool tournament. Something to practice for and get some bragging rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I always. I always kind of wish that. And then I. Uh, I wish they would have done more with the Jedi Council, the High Council. Yeah. Kind of see, you know, introduce, you know, the players that are on. I mean, these are, you know, people that have a large say in one of the most powerful organizations in existence, and we meet really only two of them we see them but we don't get to meet them yeah yeah there's not much they're not involved in the story they're they're somewhat involved in the clone wars animated series so but really yeah we just see yoda and mace for the most part so i don't know um but that's probably one thing i would have liked to see about the jedi is you know something like that the big i think the biggest thing for me like i mentioned earlier was the jedi trials where you know what is that how is it just a series of tests or they got to go 
on a mission and defeat someone and recover an artifact or, you know, how does that really work? Um, in this film, we saw Qui-Gon say to the council that uh, Obi-Wan's ready to take the trials. And then at the end, he had defeated Darth Maul. So they're like, yeah, you, you're a, a Jedi Knight now. So the kind of like that was his Jedi trial. So is it something like that where they just, after a while, they're like, oh yeah, he's pretty experienced now. So he's now a Jedi Knight. Or is it more of an organized, structured thing that they need to, to complete? I thought it was like, I remember hearing or reading somewhere, it was something to do with like a, a trial of the spirit or something like that. Like where, like uh, we saw uh, Luke, you know, go into that cave or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was his trial for whatever, whatever it was, right. Whatever he overcame or didn't overcome, um, you know, that was his trial. And Obi-Wan's was defeating, you know, Darth Maul and who knows what Qui-Gon Jinn's was and uh, Yoda's and, you know, everyone else's. And, and so, I mean, that's what I had heard. Now, whether that's true or not, you know, I'd probably, you know, some wiki that, you know, Fred down in his basement came up with, who knows, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, but, you know, I'm, that's kind of what I've heard and I, and that's kind of made sense to me. It's something that, you know, kind of like picking a lightsaber it's deeply personal you know personal to each each jedi and you know not the same it's not like okay written test question one <laughs> yeah i doubt it's that is, but is the dark side evil yes or no? you know what i mean like yeah. I, I i don't really know what it is but i'm sure it's something that's i, I don't know everyone's is different yeah so being it would have been good to know if they would just dropped a a couple lines to explain a little bit more about it, but it is what it is at this point. So, um, so that's the Jedi. Um, what we saw in episode one and a little bit in the other films as well. What are your thoughts on the Jedi? Do you think they were well represented? Were you expecting more? You know, let us know on, on our Facebook page or social media on Twitter or Instagram. You know, what's your thoughts on that? What were your expectations? Were they met? And what would you like to have seen more? So, Thank you guys for joining us in this first episode of Arguments as to Why Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, is a good Star Wars movie. Stay tuned for the next episode where we talk about the different organizations of the galaxy in the Republic and what that means to the overall story. So thanks for joining us. See you guys.